All right, everybody, welcome to Valley Creek Church. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Whatever location you may be at, Denton, Flower Mound, Louisville, the venue and extension site, watching or listening online somewhere in the world, can we just welcome each other together for a moment? <laughs> I know some of you probably think, why you make us do that every week? Because it reminds you that we are one church that meets in multiple locations that everything we do is bigger than what you see. And we get to, in a sense, kind of multiply and saturate the city with the hope and the love of Jesus by having different campuses that reach different groups of people in different parts of neighborhoods and towns and all that stuff. And so today is a really big deal. As a church, we get to celebrate as our Denton campus is launching their fourth service. So Denton campus, we are so excited for you. We are so grateful that you have been reaching people in the city. In fact, we as a church all together, because here's the deal. There's a whole lot of people that show up at the Denton campus because they were invited by someone who goes to Louisville or who is in the venue or who's in Flower Mound. It's one church that meets in multiple locations. And so we're excited as we launch a fourth service in Denton because we got to create more space for more people to keep experiencing the hope and the love of Jesus. And so for every one of you who invites somebody who goes to an inconvenient service time, who gives, who serves, who is just kind and loving to people on a weekend, I want to say to you, thank you. This is what it is all about. This is why we exist. So at all our campuses, give it up for Denton, fourth service. Reaching people, changing lives, that's why we exist, to reach the lost and help them become kingdom leaders one next step at a time through the hope of Jesus. And so I love what God is doing in this place. And I'm so glad that you're here with us today. You see, it was, it was about a year ago, uh, towards the end of the fall last year, that what we did, we took a whole weekend and we did a church-wide survey. We spent a whole weekend and we just asked you, we handed out a survey to everybody that was here. And we asked you like kind of a spiritual growth survey. Just say, tell us where you are. Tell us what's happening in your life. Tell us about your journey with Jesus. Tell us what's going on. It was multiple choice. You were only supposed to pick one answer. Many of you couldn't listen to instructions and you would pick multiple <laughs> answers for each, for each one. But the point was, is we passed it all out. And we just asked you questions about your journey with Jesus. And we took all that and we collected it and we put thousands of, of, of surveys that you gave back to us. And we put it all in a big database and we looked at it and we prayed over it. And we spent a bunch of time talking to God about it. And we kept just saying, okay, Lord, what, what, what are we hearing? What, what is everybody saying back to us about where they are as a whole? And then what is it that you're speaking into our church in, in this next year? And so as we got ready to enter into 2018, we looked at those surveys and we listened to God. And we felt like God was inviting us to take an entire year of just going back to the basics. Based on what you told us about where you were in your life, we felt like God was inviting us to be aware of that and take an entire year to just go back to the basics of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. And that's where this whole concept of get rooted in Jesus so you can flourish in life came from. You see, we said that we didn't want to identify with Jesus. We wanted to follow Jesus. That we wanted to spend an entire year going back to the basics of actually building a relationship with him. And we said that just like a tree it rests upon, receives from, and trusts in the soil, we want to be people who rest on, receive from, and trust in Jesus. And based on a lot of the survey info, we said if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes it's easy for our hearts to drift. Sometimes our heart can get caught up, not, not because we're bad and we want to get, get distracted, but just life. 
Like it happens and we get distracted and we lose focus. And the next thing you know, we wake up and we're kind of like, I don't know how I really got here. I don't love where I'm at. I would love to get back on track, but I don't even know how to do that. And so we kind of realized all that because the truth is, is you're rooted in something. You're resting on receiving from and trusting in something in your life. The problem is, is that we often do that with the wrong thing. You can be rooted in money, in your work, in an addiction, in a hobby, in your kids, in sports, in school, in the world, in religion. The problem with all those things is they never deliver on what they promise. So they leave you feeling dry. They leave you feeling weary. They leave you feeling burdened. It's like trying to plant a tree in concrete. It's going to wither and die. And a lot of us, what we realized is we identified with Jesus, but we weren't necessarily rooted in Jesus. So there was a lot of withering that was happening in our life. And so, so really we started this whole theme. It was the entire year. We pretty much, if you've been tracking with us, we stopped everything. We didn't think about the future. We didn't move in any direction. We stopped even as a team talking about what was to come in the days. ahead. we just said, we're taking an entire year of going back to the basics. And we had these two theme verses, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up. Your roots go down, your life will be built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And then the second theme verse, the other place in the Bible where the word rooted is used is Ephesians chapter 3, where Paul prays and he says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, he says, I pray you would be rooted and established in Jesus. That you, together with all the saints, would have the power to grasp how wide and how deep and how long and how high is the love of God for you. That you would know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That God would do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. And we said, let's take a whole year to do that. And I know some of you, when we started that, you're like, yeah, this is cool. It'll be a cool sermon series in January, and we'll see what happens by March. Well, it's September, baby, and we're still going. Because, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> because, because we knew that's what God was asking us to do. So in a sense, if you go to this first image for me, here's what we said. We, we just said, you just take all the verses in the Bible, like Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In other words, if you get rooted in Jesus, you'll flourish in life. And that's been the focus. So we started in January, and I realize lots of you have joined us since then. We started in January, and we talked about five roots, five pathways of connection. These are not religious exercises. They're pathways of connection because God invites us to a relationship. And so let me just remind you what they were. The first one is engage the scriptures. Notice it doesn't say read the Bible because you can completely miss Jesus and read the Bible at the same time. The point is to engage the scriptures. We don't work on the scriptures. The scriptures work on us. They're living and active. We put them inside of us and they begin to change us from the inside out. And we said the reason most of us don't like to engage the scriptures is because we think the Bible is a story of what we have to do. And we forget that it is a story about what Jesus has done. 
the whole way you engage the scriptures is not from a self-focused perspective, but a Jesus-focused perspective. What does this tell me about who he is and what he has done? And so all year we focused on engaging the scriptures. We created rooted journals that you can still get. They're available in the cafe every weekend. Every month we've given you a fresh reading plan to say read a chapter a day. And if you get behind, who cares? Just start on the next day so you have a place to engage. Every Monday morning at every campus all year, including the holiday Mondays, we have a rooted experience where you can come and engage the scriptures with other people and grow. So we did it and we were serious about it. And the second root is talk with God or prayer. And notice it doesn't say talk to God because the point of prayer is not just throwing a bunch of things up to God. The point is having a conversation with someone who loves you. And we said that prayer, it's not about how you pray. It's about who you're praying to, your father. That prayer is not a last resort, it's a lifestyle. It's a conversation, not a religious ritual. And, and because of what Jesus has done, we can walk right in and talk to God and he answers our prayers. And so what we've done all year is we've added fresh prayer points into our services and we've taken more time on the weekend to be engaged with prayer and we have our rooted experience every Monday where you can come with other people and pray. And then there was godly relationships. And we said, this is like the tap root. It's the longest one because if you get this one right, the rest of these will come. And we said, godly relationships are not Christian buddies. They're people who you talk about, learn about, and become like Jesus with. No one really cares if you have a Christian buddy. We care if you have a godly relationship in your life that's on a journey of following Jesus with you. We said we were made for godly relationships, that it's in godly relationships we experience the tangible presence of Jesus and they keep us grounded and growing. When your root is tied in with some other people in this place, it keeps you anchored. No matter what happens, you won't blow over. Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise becomes wise, a companion of fools suffers harm. Your roots are wrapped around somebody. The question is, is are they wrapped around the right people? Because whoever they're wrapped around, you're growing in the same direction as that person. And so what did we do all year? We created lots of space for you to connect with different people around here and start building those relationships. The fourth route is just simply meet the needs you see are serving. We said that serving is the pathway to greatness. If you'll humble yourself, God will lift you up. We said serving isn't what we do. Servant is who we are. And Jesus takes our serving personally. When we serve somebody, he says we do it literally as as unto him. And so every month we've had a serve the city day at the next step center. You just saw the video. You can jump in at any point in time. We have serve teams, all that stuff to give you space. And then the last one is invest your time. Hardest route. Time is the God of our age. We worship time more than anything else. You say, I don't worship time. Oh, anything that is inconvenient or outside of our comfort zone, we quickly push away because we say we don't have the time. But you will always make time for what you value. I mean, in the first century church, Acts 2.42 says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, scriptures, to the fellowship, godly relationships, to prayer, talking with God, and breaking of the bread, serving one another. I probably got those backwards in the order, but you hear what I'm saying. All four of those. And it says they were devoted. The word devoted means to continue to do something with intense effort despite difficulty. In other words, it says because they were willing to invest their time even though it wasn't comfortable or convenient. What happened? They engaged the scriptures, talked with God, built godly relationships, met the needs they see, and so they flourished in life. It is impossible. It is impossible for a tree to flourish if it's rooted one hour a week. 
Now, let me say it nicely. Some of you really expect to grow on your journey with Jesus by being here every other week for an hour. Just think about a tree. Put a tree in soil every other week for an hour. What's going to happen to it? That's why Jesus speaks to us in metaphors and pictures. He's not trying to shame or condemn us. He's trying to give us a visual so we actually understand what's happening in our spirit. Because he wants us to flourish. You see, this is the basics. You say, what's the basics? This is the basics. Like, how are you going to follow Jesus if you don't know what he said, if you don't talk to him, if you don't hang out with other people who like him, if you don't serve the people he's serving, and if you don't want to give any time to him? Let me say it like this. How can you have a relationship with anybody in your life if you don't listen to what they say, have a conversation with them, hang out with the people they like, serve them, or invest your time in them? So this is the basics. So we started this year and we got this going and the roots started growing and your roots are growing. That's what's happening. We put all the effort into it and they're growing. And then what we did is now we are here and in the second half of the year and go to the next slide for me. And what we've done is we've now talked about the layers of the soil. We said, okay, those are the roots that we're supposed to put down, but what are we actually trying to draw into our life? We said, the first thing is just simply forgiveness. In Jesus, you are completely forgiven and fully free. Say, I am forgiven. forgiven. Say it like you mean it. Yeah, you are. Your past no longer defines you. And when you understand you've been forgiven, it changes how you live. And when you believe you've been forgiven, all of a sudden you have the faith to believe that you are righteous. Righteous simply means that in Jesus, you have right standing with God. Say, I am righteous. righteous. Say it again. Yeah, you are. It means your relationship with God is forever right because of what Jesus has done. He doesn't just forgive your past. He completely restores your life. And when you understand you're righteous, it changes how you live. And when you start to believe that, you have the faith to believe that you have God's favor. You see, in Jesus, you have the favor of God. Say, I am favored. favored. Say it a second time. Yeah, you are. Because of what Jesus has done, God is supernaturally working on your behalf. He's releasing his goodness into your life. And it is set in motion, which means God is not just with you. He's actually for you. And when you start to believe you have the favor of God, it changes how you live. And when you get that, you get to the deepest root and the deepest root is love. In Jesus, you are fully known and fully loved. Say, I am loved. loved. Say it one more time. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And that's the deepest root. In Jesus, you are fully known and fully loved. Not only does God love you, he actually likes you. And when you understand that, it changes how you live. This is the basics. Some of you have said, wow, this series has been so impactful in my life. You know why it's impactful? Because it's the basics. It's not theological jargon. It's not looking for some random passage in the middle of Revelation or Ezekiel. It's the basics. And it's the stuff we walk away from because we think, I got that already. Really? Because if you got that, you'd live totally different. If I got that, I'd live totally different. Here's my question. How are you really going to follow Jesus if you don't believe you're forgiven, been made right with him and have his favor and live in love? This is the basics. And if you've missed any of those nine messages, that was a lot, (laughs) five and four, go back and watch them online. And you say, so how does this all work together? We'll go to the next slide for me. Let me just show you it like this. Here's what I want you to think. When a tree is rooted in soil, what are the roots doing? The roots are going down into the ground to draw what it needs into its life. When you use these roots, what are you doing? 
You're sending them down into the life of Jesus to draw forgiveness, righteousness, favor, and love into your spirit so you actually believe it, so you actually start to live it. Psalm 25, 4 says, show me your ways and teach me your paths. These are the ways of God. These are the paths of God. This is God's way. You say, that's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy that God's way is that in Jesus, I am fully forgiven, been made right with God, have his favor and am loved. Not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus has done. That's his, that's his way. So why 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, for the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's his way. And these are his paths. These are the paths of how we draw this stuff into our lives. For, uh, Matthew 4:19, come follow me and I'll make you. If you follow me and walk in my paths, you will draw my ways into your life and you will flourish more than you could ever dream. Just think about it. Just take forgiveness. You engage the scriptures, what's happening? You're hearing about God's forgiveness for you. You don't need to hear any more about the power of sin in your life. You need to hear about the strength of Jesus' forgiveness in your life. You talk with God, what happens? You confess, Lord, I messed up. And he says, I know, and I love you. Look at my son. Well, this is what he did for you. You have godly relationships. They say, hey, bro, I know you messed up, but that doesn't define you anymore. Well, you start serving other people. All of a sudden, you lay down your life for them, and it reminds you, Jesus laid down his life for me. And it takes a whole bunch of time to actually start believing that. Does that make sense for you? That's why these things matter, and that's how it all works together. You have to have roots to draw the truth of God's love into your life. And because we don't have roots, we don't really believe this stuff. You say, but I don't wanna read the Bible. Then don't read the Bible, engage the scriptures. It's a great idea. I don't wanna talk with God. Why? Ask yourself why. Because there's probably a faulty belief system in there that one of these is off and you think he's mad at you. Or he didn't come through in the way you wanted to last time. Whatever it is. Listen, these are his ways. These are his paths. So now what? So now what? That's a lot. I was reading through my notes this week for all year. Like just looking. I was like, Jesus, we talked a lot about rooted in you and flourishing in life. If you say, well, I missed half of them. Go back and watch them online. They're all on the website. Now what? Now it's up to you to put some action with your faith. See, in the kingdom of God, faithfulness matters and commitment counts. And I don't know about you, but I've been growing this year. The, the singular focus of reading a chapter a day with all of my friends that are reading the same chapter and, and, and talking with God differently than I have and having all the relationships where you just get real with God and get real with people and, and just serving other people. And best, I'm like, well, I'm feeling myself stronger than I've been. I'm seeing fruit show up in my life. I'm watching sin patterns of, of different things in my life be broken off. And you're like thinking, I didn't even try to get rid of that. And it's just gone. Why? Because that's what happens when you get rooted in Jesus. And you say, well, well, how do I know if I'm actually growing? Well, it's really easy. Just look at the fruit. This is the only new thing I'm giving you today, and I'd love for you to write these down. These are the five things that you can just look at to say, am I growing? Are my roots growing? Here's all you need to look at. First thing is this. Are you growing in the fruit of the Spirit? 
If you're getting rooted in Jesus, you will be growing in the fruit of the Spirit. What's that? Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. In other words, it's the character of Jesus. If you get rooted in Jesus, the fruit of Jesus starts to show up in your life. And so if you want to know if your roots are growing, is there more love, more joy, more patience, more self-control? I'm not saying, are you perfect? I'm saying, can you see growth in the fruit of the Spirit? Second thing is if you're growing, you're growing in your love for God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and your strength. Listen to me. When your roots start going down into Jesus and you realize who he is and what he has done, you can't help but love God back. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. When you receive that love, oh my goodness, you just want to give it back to him. The third thing is, is, are you growing in your love for people? If your roots are growing, you're growing in your love for people. Why? Because if you're getting rooted in Jesus, you start to love what Jesus loves. And Jesus loves people, man. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know you're my disciples. In other words, he says, if you're loving other people, the fruit of being rooted in me is so evident in your life that everyone knows you trust me. We say, I want people to know I, I trust Jesus because I call myself a Christian. That's not how Jesus says we know. None of us can judge each other's salvation or heart posture, but we are called by Jesus to be fruit inspectors. And he says that we know who really follows him by a growing love for people. So all of a sudden you'll become passionate about the mission of God because that's what he's passionate about. The third thing is, or the fourth thing is you'll grow in your generosity. If you're really getting rooted, you can't help be generous. You say, why? Because Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. Think about a tree. A tree freely receives from the soil, it bears fruit, and then it gives all that fruit away. A tree doesn't eat its own fruit. We spend all our life trying to grow fruit to keep it in our own bushel. You're a tree. You can't eat the fruit. So what does God say? He says, freely have I given you everything. Your time, your talent, your treasure, your finances, your gifts, your passions, your abilities. I've given all of that to you. And when you start to believe it's from me, guess what? You start to generously give it away. Because you know the more you give, the more you'll grow. Listen, a tree can't keep growing more fruit if it already has too much growing on it. So a lot of us sit around there and we're like, why isn't my life growing? And God's saying, hey man, because you got to create some space for me to grow new clusters. But we're like, nah, nah, I don't want to give it to that guy. I know, but that guy probably needs it. Remember when Zacchaeus met Jesus? They go and they have this encounter at his house because Jesus liked him, didn't just love him. They hung out together and it's a great conversation. First thing Zacchaeus does is he stands up and he says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of everything I have to the poor. You're like, that dude crazy. Yeah. He was crazy in love with the grace of God. Generosity is the only normal response to God's grace. It is impossible to truly receive grace and not be generous. And then the last one is, is you'll just grow in your obedience. If you've sat here at all during this message series and you've thought, man, John's saying Jesus did all this stuff we don't have to do. Yeah, he did. Because the Bible says 
So you can read that on your own. But here's the reality. When you get rooted in Jesus, it changes how you live. And you will become obedient to the ways of God. Why? Because Titus 2 says grace teaches us how to say no to ungodly living and worldly passions and live upright, self-controlled lives in this present age. In other words, it says the grace of God says, I don't want to live in the ways of the world anymore. I now want to live in God's way. John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. He's not saying prove your love for me. He's saying, hey, when you start to understand how much I love you, you will love me back and it will be easy to obey what I ask you to do. Wow. We're drawn by grace and we're changed by grace. Anybody who ever tells you that grace is just freely get what you want and go live your life doesn't understand grace. Grace always changes you. Because why? Because you went from being rooted in concrete to rooted in the soil. Are you with me on that? Let me tell you one more story that we've kind of used in the pattern of, of this series. See, the truth is, is for all of us, you can be rooted in religion or you can be rooted in Jesus. And let me tell you the difference. One day Jesus goes to a Pharisee, a religious guy's house. His name is Simon. And Simon throws a dinner for Jesus and some people. And there's this dinner party and it's all happening. And while this party is happening, in walks this woman who used to be a prostitute. And she has this alabaster jar of oil. This is this expensive perfume that, that she's got from her previous lifestyle. And she comes in and she finds Jesus and she goes right to him and she breaks the, the jar on his feet and she weeps over his feet and kisses them and wipes them with her hair. She's just pouring out this extravagant love for God. And while that's happening, Simon is looking at this woman and it says he thinks to himself, if Jesus was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. I have two questions for you. First question is, how did that woman know where that house was? Second question for you is, how did Simon know she was a prostitute? Could it be that she had been there before under the cover of darkness? It's amazing how fast we want to throw stones at other people because we're terrified they're going to throw them at us. And he has bad theology. He says, if he knew what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Actually, Simon, she was a sinner, but she had an encounter with the grace of Jesus. So now she is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus looks at Simon. He says, Simon, he knows what he's thinking. He says, Simon, there's two people and they both owe a moneylender a certain amount of money. One guy owes 50 and one guy owes 500. The moneylender is just has this day where he just decides to be super kind and gracious and cancels the debts of both of them. Which one will love him more? Simon says, well, the one who owed 500. He said, you're right. He said, you see this woman? <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> you see this woman? I came to your house, bro. You didn't give me water for my feet. You didn't give me a kiss on my cheek and you didn't give me any oil for my head. But since she has come in, she has not stopped wiping my feet with her tears. She has not stopped kissing my feet and pouring out fragrance upon me. And she has not stopped honoring me with everything that she has. He says, I tell you, he who has been forgiven much loves much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. The difference between being rooted in religion and being rooted in Jesus is understanding how much you've been forgiven. 
When you understand that you are a sinner in need of a savior, lost and broken, dying on your own, left to the darkness and dysfunction of this world, and yet Jesus came for you, you can't help be like that woman. But when you're a religious person, you sit there and you want to judge her and you want to look really good on the outside. See, that's the problem with religion. Religion makes you look really leafy. But in Jesus, you become really fruitful. Religion looks good from afar, but it is nasty and ugly up close. We're not sure what to do with Jesus from afar, but he looks better and better the closer we get. He who has been forgiven much, loves much. And so if you're struggling with this whole thing, just go back and remind yourself what he has done. And it sets you down to this place where you start receiving his love and all of a sudden, boom, you flourish in life. You see, I have no idea where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. And we can get so confused about this Jesus and what he should do and my expectations and all this stuff. Here's what I know. You cannot rush what God is doing in your life. But you need what God is doing in your life for the days ahead. I believe, it's been a word for our church all year. Next year will be the greatest year in the history of Valley Creek Church. Hang on, that's okay, hang on. God's already starting to show us what it is. He's starting to open up the future for us. It's going to be the greatest year because I think it's going to be the greatest year in your life. But you're going to need the root structure to support what God wants to do or it'll crush you. That's why he's gracious and kind to you. You see, if you think about Jesus, what did Jesus do? Jesus came, laid down his life, died, was buried, and rose again. So even Jesus got rooted so he could flourish in life. And now he says, come lay down your life. If you want to follow me, pick up your cross. If you want to live, die. Die, die to yourself. Be buried in him and he will raise you again. This is why baptisms next week are such a big deal. And if you've been saved, but you've not been baptized, why would you not want to get buried in Christ so you can rise to new life in him? You see, here's what's fascinating to me about the whole thing. Whenever we think about, whenever we think about Jesus and journey and, and scriptures, we always think about it individually. We think me and Jesus. And that's fine and it's really important and it's a part of the thing. But God always thinks people. We think individually, God always thinks communally. What I'm trying to tell you is those two verses, our theme verses for the year, they weren't written to individuals, they were written to churches. So think about this. Here's what he's saying in Colossians 2. So then, just as you, church, received Christ Jesus as Lord, you together continue to live in him. You all get rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Ephesians 3, the rooted passage. He's not writing that to an individual. He's not writing that to one person who's in a broken marriage or one person who's got an addiction or one person who's confused about life. He's writing that to the entire church at Ephesus, to a people. And he says, I pray that you, church, would be rooted and established in love. And would you have power together with each other to actually grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that's an experience, it's not knowledge, that you together, together would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God and that he would do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine in you as a people, not in you as an individual. Here's what he's trying to say to us. If you will get rooted in Jesus, you will flourish as a church in the city. Amen. 
Most of us go into this this year with a, if I get rooted in Jesus, my marriage will get better. It will. But that's not the point. The point is for us to get rooted together, to grab each other's roots and pull them down and say, this is who we are. This is who we are. We are a people that engage the scriptures and talk with God and build godly relationships and meet the needs of those around us. And we invest everything we got because this is the only thing that matters in our 80 years on this earth. And we believe we're forgiven. We believe we've been made right. We believe in his favor. We believe in his love. And we're doing this together. We're going down so that we might come up, not so that my life will be better, but so the world will be better. If you will... Listen, you can hear the passion in me because this is the point of the entire year. The point of the entire year is not you. I know, and it's not me. It's us getting rooted so we can feed the world the fruit of the kingdom. If we weave Valley Creek, we'll get rooted in Jesus. We as a church will flourish in the city and the city needs our fruit. And when they eat the fruit that you grow by getting rooted in Jesus, the seed of Jesus is in it and it gets inside of them and the light turns on and the sprout grows and then they grow fruit and they pass it on and then they pass it on. This is why the Bible calls the church a field calls us a field. You say, I just want to be an individual tree. No. (laughs) Who cares about one individual tree that bears fruit? I want a field as far as the eye can see, flourishing with fruitfulness. It's the difference between an orchard and a pet tree you have in your backyard. (laughs) And let's call it that. It's a pet. You just, you're not sure what you're doing with it. Half kill it most of the time, you know, like whatever, take it for a walk, whatever you do. Want an orchard because the city needs it. Flourishing in life is not about you. It's about living the life that Jesus lived together. In a world right now that is so independent and rebellious and autonomous and everyone wants their own little Instagram business, doing their own thing, checking out from everybody else around them, all that stuff is fine. The problem that is not fine is then we apply that to the church and the kingdom of God. We are a people, church at Coloss, church at Ephesus, Valley Creek Church, get rooted in Jesus that you as a people may flourish in life. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you are. I know this. It's September. We got four months left. Maybe you haven't started. Maybe you've quit. It doesn't matter. He's the God of new beginnings. Start today. It doesn't matter how you started. You say, bro, this is my first time here. Well, welcome. It's a great day to start walking with Jesus. It doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. And the next four months are going to be the four months of explosive growth in your life if you'll just lean into this space. I don't know what your next step is. Some of you, it's salvation. It's to finally say, I surrender to Jesus and what he has done for me. Some of you, it's baptism and it's next week. And if that's you, go to the info center as soon as service is ordered. Be buried in Jesus that you may rise to new life. 
Some of you, it's to actually start one of these routes. Some of you, you quit and it's time to pick it back up. Some of you, it's to give for the first time and say, I got fruit in my life, but I never give it away. Maybe that's why more is not growing. Maybe it's to go to the freedom gathering, get in a group, join a team. Maybe it's just to come up after service and humble yourself and say, could you please pray for me? Because I need some help. And I'm not even sure with what. Watch what God will do. John 15, 5. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. I am the vine. You are the branch. So get rooted in me and you'll flourish in life. Because without me, you can do nothing. But be barren and weary and dry. So close your eyes with me for a moment. And let me just ask you, man, what do you think that God wants to say to you today? What he is saying to us is Valley Creek Church, I love you. And I want you to get rooted in me so you can flourish as a people in a hurting and broken city. But since we are a people, we are made up of individuals. And so what does he wanna to say to you? Maybe today is your day to put your faith in Jesus and say, Jesus, I surrender. I receive your forgiveness, righteousness, favor, and love. Set me free. Maybe today your next step is, is to say, Lord, I, I'm gonna take that step of faith and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Maybe he's saying to you today to just trust him, to seek him first, to watch what he will do. Listen, this is why we do community, because no one follows Jesus alone. We walk together, roots wrapped around one another. When you're almost about to blow over, it's the root of the person next to you that pulls you back down and anchors you and say, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. The world isn't taking you down. That storm's not knocking you out. That thing is not breaking you down. I got you. Because I know when I'm going down, you got me. Because Jesus has got us all. So Lord Jesus, today we declare that we receive your commission to get rooted in you. That we may flourish as a church, individuals, united by the Spirit of God, submitted to the Lordship of Jesus on mission to change the world, that we may flourish in this city and give the fruit of the kingdom of God to our husbands and wives and sons and daughters and parents and friends and coworkers and employees and neighbors and everyone we come in contact with. May we be the most fruitful people that we can possibly be and share your love with the world. We love you, Jesus. Supernaturally bring it to pass. In your name we pray, amen.